Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to this emergency. Times Union Jaguars podcast. I'm Ryan O'Halloran, back from Indianapolis, along with my engineer, co-worker, wingman, Philip Heilman. Uh, big news of the day is uh, Alan Robinson not being placed with the franchise tag by the Jaguars. They can uh, still work out a deal before March 12th, March 14th. But, Philip, start with you. Your initial thoughts on this. Good move, bad move by the Jaguars. Your thoughts. I think it's a bad move because I think ultimately... If Allen Robinson leaves the team, if he's gone, if he goes to San Francisco, if he goes to the Jets, if he goes anywhere else, I think that ultimately is a bad thing. And I think this is another step toward that. I think, you know, we've talked about this for the last couple of weeks. If Allen Robinson becomes a free agent, that gives every other organization in the league an opportunity to offer him a big deal that the Jaguars don't want to match, offer him a poison pill deal that the Jaguars can't match. And we're headed there. The Jaguars had an opportunity to, you know, give him the franchise tag to end this today. They chose not to, and it does, it does not seem to me like they're going to work out a long-term deal if they couldn't have figured something out by now. I mean, this is a, I mean, this is a game of leverage uh, contractually. The Jaguars had it until they, today they gave it up. They could have tagged them, says, hey, you're going to be on this roster in 2018 uh, at a little less than $60 million. Sign the tag. Let's try and work out a long-term deal. To this, to this it means they're not interested in him long-term. Um, you know, they, they, they realize the landscape out there. Redskins, Bears, Jets, Niners, all teams with cap space, all teams with a need at receiver. I think this is a bad message to the rest of the roster and to the fan base. The modus operandi for this team since Shad Khan bought it was draft players, develop players, re-sign their players. They drafted, developed Robinson, they're not going to re-sign him. The other thing is they had contract talks before the injury. It's basically they're telling the players, don't get hurt. Okay, well, now is a guy really going to push through? I mean, that's a big conspiracy theory, but I think it's a questionable move in terms of how the locker room is going to proceed because they know what he, Al Robinson can do. Coming off an ACL, he is the top receiver on the market. Last point, when you make a move like this, you got to say, okay, who's replacing him? Nobody on this roster is going to replace that production. 150 catches over those two years where he played all 16 games. Uh, I, think it's a, I think it's a problem. Um Chances of him re-signing here, Philip? I would say you'd have to put it at one in five, twenty percent. Mm-hmm. Is it even that high? I caused ripple. I caused a wave on uh, radio last week when I said less than fifty. They're like, "What?" And I was like, "Hey, you know, just read between the words that were said and weren't said." Is you ask people around the league, what are the pluses and minuses of the Jaguars taking Al Robinson? They didn't list any pluses. They just listed the minuses, and they thought the tag was going to come in at 16.4. But the thing is, they didn't need to do this for salary cap purposes. The the, the PA just came up with the the adjustments. They have $27.768 million in cap space. 
granted, it's the 15.9 would take a big chunk out of that, but you can make some other roster moves to, to you know, lessen that uh, impact. But um, if you're the Jaguars now, who do you look at? I mean, what's out there? I mentioned some names in uh, Saturday's paper. I don't think anybody got excited. No, I, I looked at and listed probably the seven or eight guys who you would even think would be the best options available. You've got Sammy Watkins, who the Rams have to make a decision whether they're going to you know, tag him or LaMarcus Joyner. Terrell Pryor, who's coming off a terrible season in Washington. That clearly wasn't a good fit. Who couldn't get a multi-year deal last year. Right. He settle for a one-year deal. And certainly didn't help his stock any. Dante Moncrief, a guy who, if you're having injury concerns, Dante Moncrief has just been injured almost his entire career. He's got you know, bad shoulders. 25-year-old who does... Have some talent, but you know plenty of injuries. Paul Richardson from Seattle, Mike Wallace from Baltimore, Eric Decker from Tennessee. You know, does Danny Amendola hit the market? I mean, none of those guys are game changers by any means. No, and yeah, I mentioned Wallace and Decker on one-year deals in Saturday's paper. Okay, Decker's a slot guy, which is what they sort of need if they want to play Westbrook and Cole outside, and Hearns doesn't come back. Wallace is just a speed guy. Uh, okay, who plays inside then? Uh, does DD play inside? You know, Keelan Cole. They love him a lot more than I do. Let's put it that way. Uh, I like Westbrook more than Cole. I oh, think definitely. Would be, yeah. I think Didi has a chance to be a number two. Mm. I, I just think I just think with Robinson, you don't let number ones walk out the door. Do they? You know. So the other thing is, okay, are they looking toward the future? That's a justifiable argument. Um, but are they making a are they making a mistake on who they're looking at? I mean, does Miles Jack really deserve a contract extension after next year? Right now, he doesn't. Right. And this uh, is a guy who had to move back in, yeah, you know, during a, training camp. Yeah, you know, he didn't play. He barely played his rookie year. Right. And Gakwe, he's another guy. I think he should be in line for something, but how much? You know, Ramsey's going to be a headache financially because he's going to take the highest dollar. Uh, so they're going. You know, I could see them tagging him for several, you know, two, three times, whatever it takes. So it, there is an eye toward 2019, but also they're going to be get moving on from a lot of guys that create space in 19. My big thing is, okay, you have a lot of needs. You only have seven draft picks. You only have three in the top 150, something like that. I think it's 29, 61, 123, yeah. something like that. Yeah, so three or four in the top 200. You can't be going into the draft saying you're going to fill a bunch of needs. So 29, 61, 93, 129. So four of the top 130, yeah. only three of the top 93. Yeah, so I mean, you're getting into a pretty dangerous zone. You're in, you know, outside of the top 100. You, you're know, you never at, know what you're going to get. Yeah, roll guys. Right. Um, so you can't be going in there with a lot of needs. My caveat would be, do they have something cooking uh, with um, free agency? Are they going to use that $16 million and spend it? Um, are they going to maybe sign three or four guys to you know shorter-term deals, older guys, say, hey, you know, come here and let's go for a championship? So, you know, it's... But at what positions? Exactly. Uh, it's not going to be guard. Right. Because the guard market is one guy. And Justin Pugh, give me a break. Right. He's going to get... And Norwell, you know, is getting huge yeah, money. Yeah, and so the Jaguars gonna... weren't in that last year. Right. So... Um, and my thing is, even if you bring in three... If you re-sign Aaron Colvin, if you were to, you know, get it even, you know, another defensive position... You've got to have someone to catch the ball. This was a team that was, you know, very hamstrung in the passing game for much of last season. I don't care what the numbers say. When you're watching the games, there were plenty of opportunities uh, for the Jaguars to, you know, win games against the Patriots to, you know, get to the Super Bowl, but they didn't have the passing game necessary. Mm-hmm. And the, a word that has been thrown a lot on Twitter is, is Allen Robinson worth 
you know, the 15.982 million. But what is, what are you going to do? If, okay, say the Jaguars wanted him back at 10 million, 11 million. Is that four and a change yeah, million yeah, yeah. really that big of a difference? Yeah, it's right church, wrong pew. Right. It's not the question of whether he's worth it. It's a question of how do you replace him. Right. You know, because that should impact whether you keep him or not. You know, this, you know, a couple of people on Twitter said, well, don't rush to judgment. Hello? Yeah. <laughs> That's what we do. That's why you're listening. The rush to judgment here is they're going to take the same approach they did last year. They're going to try and play as well as they can on defense by signing Aaron Colvin, by drafting another guy, by adding a linebacker, and they're going to try and scrape by offense. That wasn't good enough last year because they lost. You know, It's great that for them that they had this kind of playoff run or whatever, but you re-sign Blake Bortles, and he's, he's looking at the landscape right now and goes, where are my weapons? Right. I mean – how many zone? How many zone keepers am I going to do? If you're Leonard Fournette, you're going. I got to carry 350 times. I'm like the best receiver on the team. So, it's 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 last year's off season got off to a terrible start with the Brandon Albert debacle. This is worse. This is worse yeah, because this is a you know this is a game changing receiver as opposed to an aging left tackle. Um, you know I think they got some splaining to do. Uh, you know I don't think they're going to be doing that at least for a couple weeks. But uh, you know, if if they if they make some moves, make the team better, and, and before March twenty fifth, we'll come back, sit in the studio, and say, "Hey, that's why we're here, and that's why they're a mile and a half down the road to the stadium." But right now, this this move leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, we at uh, nine minutes. About nine minutes. Okay, yeah. let's just go over a couple of these other free agents. Uh, we sort of talked about Aaron Colvin, uh, Marquise Lee. There, go. If you're in charge, go, go. Yeah, same here. I mean, thank you for your service. He just never developed into a second-round pick receiver. He, he overcame the injury thing the last couple of years. He has been durable, so at least give him credit for that. But I can't even think of like five really mm-hmm. important, impactful plays that guy's made. In his, I mean, he's, he's oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, he's supposed to be this home run guy. And he's not. You know, he's not. D.D. Westbrook was more of a home run guy last year. Keelan Cole certainly was a guy who, you know, you have to sort of wonder how much, you know, is he going to be able to take another large step? Mm-hmm. Is he that sort of talent? I don't know about that. Um, backup quarterback is interesting. You know, our our colleague Ben Volan from the Washington Globe sniffed around a little bit. I think he's right in this aspect. Jaguars are looking at veteran backup quarterbacks because I think ideally they'd want an upgrade. But how much are they willing to spend on backup quarterback to back up a guy in Blake who's been extremely durable through his career? Right. And considering, okay, maybe you are going to draft a guy. You're going to carry three quarterbacks. You know, if it was Blake's choice to circle back on Henny, I've top my head. I can't name another backup quarterback out there that would be an upgrade i mean mike lennon i don't i yeah, mean to me it seems like they're trying to outsmart themselves right yeah and it would you possibly be able to get a guy like you know would they be interested in teddy bridgewater if his market yeah. never materialized or sam bradford something like that but to me that quality of player almost leads to the point where you're having a quarterback controversy yeah because if and if you're Bridgewater or Bradford, you probably sign with a place where at least you can compete for a starting job right. right away. Whereas here, you'd come here and just wait for the other guy to fail, and you probably drive yourself crazy doing that. So, I mean, right now you look at the Jaguars' needs. Number one receiver is now a need. Pass catching tight end. I think they need a new right and left guard. They maybe pick one of those positions. I think they need to draft a, uh, a right tackle. They'll be ready to go in nineteen. A backup quarterback that'd be ready to go in 19 as a as the number two guy. So for a team that made the AFC title game, this team still has a ton of needs. Um, and uh, you know, obviously, we'll see how many of those they can address March 14, 15, 16. 
Maybe they get into the second wave a little bit in free agency. Um, I would not expect them to be in a Jimmy Graham type conversation. I think Trey Burton's going to be too expensive for what he provides. I think that's, you know, you're only being fiscally smart there. So, all right, we'll be back later in the week. For Phil Powerman, I'm Ryan O'Halloran. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.